genre. Welcome to the Jay and Silent Bob Minute, where we are covering the movie Chasing Amy, one minute at a time. Today we are covering Minute 15, which is quite possibly the greatest John Grisham minute ever. I'm Jeff Ferry. That's your cue, Sean. Oh, I was going to wait for Allison. Hi, I'm Sean German. <laughs> and I'm Alice Lauren. I was trying to be a gentleman. I was going to let the No, it's okay. Person. No, it's uh. okay. <laughs> we both are trying to be gentlemen. It's okay. Yeah, it well, no, because we run into the same problem as usual, where I should have said who's coming next. I'm like, no, 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 we'll figure it out. It'll be it'll be much better when, we, when it turns into a car wreck right off the start. <laughs> I, I should have known that we're going to go clockwise. I should have known. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't you see me pointing to you? I was pointing <laughs> at you. It was, that meant, oh, what, right, what so. a cushy, nice studio this is. Yeah, I know. It is It is a classy place. And don't be fooled by the fact that in minute 13, we said there'd be no guests this week. Not only do we have two guests, I kicked the co-host of the curb. So... You don't have to deal with his nonsense today. He said he couldn't deal with another minute of Ben Affleck trying to get into a relationship. So uh, minute 15 starts with darts and ends with a hearty handshake. <laughs> so uh, we learned something while we were in the green room getting ready to come in here that this was the first time that Alice had seen this movie. It is. Yeah, I just just finished this just a couple minutes ago. So, so Sean and I and are how, dying how well to hear <laughs> what you think about it. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you think? Because this movie was 1997, and it smells all over. It is just reeking in 1997. So, what did you think of it? It's it's reeking of a lot of shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this was, I mean, I have, you know, little little shameless plug. I've been on the, the Room Minute podcast many times, and I'm wondering why this is not, it's not quite the room, but it's why it's not viewed as, like, a bad movie that actually got, like, a Golden Globe nomination for the, for the lead actress, which is Maybe surprising, maybe not, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't see why this isn't viewed as a bad movie. And it took me a while because, like, this dialogue is, all of it, is just awful. It's so pretentious. I've never (laughs) seen a movie where I feel like I'm just watching some white man just... I, I don't know, spew things on, on a page. Like I can like I can visually just see the page in my head. It doesn't seem like it's actors. It's so kind of clunky, awkward. It, it took me a bit to be like, well, maybe if I think of this as like a play, right? This was maybe like as a stage play, okay, with the kind of pretentiousness, with the kind of acting that we're seeing. I uh, maybe okay, but as <laughs> maybe a, movie, a, this a, is a bizarre. Sta- yeah, a stage play written by like a college sophomore, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is not like how off, off, talk. off Broadway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, we've discussed it, it a little bit of how some of these things came to pass of what happened here. Uh, some of it is some of it's Kevin because Kevin he, he loves his he loves to talk and he loves to hear himself. And this was not the subject of like lesbians and that type of relationship, he was more trying to tackle the subject of being with somebody who has a checkered past, at least compared to you. Yeah. And this was the way he chose to do it. So he probably stepped outside of his box where he should have been. <laughs> this movie is also at the height of the indie scene of the nineties, where mm-hmm. if you want to see a million movies like this, go back and watch indie cinema from the nineties. Cause every movie was like this. And most of them, this is sad to say, probably not even as good. Because you would get this, except with even lesser actors. Yeah. I'm scared to see if, if that's even, like, a relatable issue of someone having a checkered past and you're really worried. Because I just found myself being like, dude, why are you upset? Like, I don't 
I don't understand. I mean, I know I, through my research, I found a um, an article about it was on the Waiting Till Marriage website, and it was like why Chasing Amy is this great movie for those who are waiting till marriage. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, I mean, maybe sort of, but I, ugh, I don't, well, I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> Chasing the, Amy's not a great movie for anybody for advice on I how to handle any relationship. The beef with this, yeah, it's it was mm-hmm. such a bizarre like. Okay, why why are you mad, Ben Affleck? I don't understand. Like, if you get to the end of this movie and you're on Ben Affleck's side still, yeah. you missed the point. It's like <laughs> being at the end the of problem. Breaking Bad and you're still on Walter White's side. No, no, no. You're you're not getting it. You're like the whole point is to show that he's a child by the end. Yeah, exactly. Well, I gotta ask you, how familiar are you with Kevin Smith's work besides this movie? I think I. I, I mean, I know that I saw Mallrats. I don't remember seeing Mallrats. Um, I don't really know beyond that. I was kind of trying to piece together today, kind of like, okay, so it's all in the same universe. It's not, you know, I was like, because at first I'm like, oh, is, you know, is, I mean, I, I know kind of, you know, who's Jay, who's Silent Bob, whatever, but I was like, is Affleck's not Jay or Silent Bob, you know, <laughs> they'll, they'll come in later, you know, that kind of like, okay, it's the same universe, and then as I was reading, like, it's the same friends and the same, you know, p- people that she mentioned um, hooking up with were, like, in Mallrats or, you know, it's it's all the same kind of thing, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So it's not like a It's, a, it's, a it's all intertwined, but it's not like that. the, yeah, it's not exactly Avengers Endgame where, like, if you haven't seen the other movies, you're lost. It, <laughs> right. It's, there's a little bit of Easter, it's, it's a little it's Easter eggy, but it, it doesn't matter. In so many yeah. ways. Yeah. There's a few ways this is not like Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> Although, if you wait around for about three more movies, yeah. it gets a lot more like an Avengers movie than you'd think. I bet. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely, yeah, Kevin's definitely working in that direction. I get the feeling Kevin Smith is someone who did not get invited to a lot of parties in high school. I don't know. If you listen to his his podcast, he did because he was very, I mean, he's the opposite of Silent Bob. He he was super outgoing and very engaging and very funny Mm -hmm. and very self-deprecating. So he was able to overcome, you know, what. He wasn't a wallflower of any kind. Okay. But he also was he if you listen to him, he's very like erudite and he's very smart and sometimes he can be a little too smart. Yeah, I mean I mean definitely like yeah, if you've yeah, listened to his podcast or if you've seen any of his speaking engagements, like he has no problem talking, but just all his protagonists have this hang up on just the things that and I guess maybe it's it's not just everyone, it's their love interest. Everyone's having more sex or more fun or doing, you know, doing something without him. I mean, it's, it's Clerk with the 37. It's Mallrats where it's like, it's a freaking game show. Yes, it's a dating show, but it's like, okay, like it's it's not something you break up over just because your girlfriend's going on a game show without yeah. you. This, and then this, it's like, oh my yeah. God, like, she okay, she's not a virgin? Like, you're, you know, this isn't middle school. You're a grown man. Like, people have a past. Get but over Kevin it, so. says it. That was true. That's what really happened to him. Like, he really had a girl with a past, and he couldn't deal with it because he was a baby about it. I mean, I don't know if he was quite as much of a baby as Ben Affleck is in this movie. I hope not, <laughs> because... I mean, obviously, he, he did work through some things and found, I mean, someone who agreed with him. Because at this point, you're like, yeah, watching this, I get the feeling, like, okay, this guy does not have... is is I, I don't get this, the sense this was written by someone in a serious relationship. I'll put it to this is- way. If you want to know what I think Kevin was like... If you ever, you know, you've listened to Smodcast. If you go back mm-hmm. and try to find the episodes, do you ever listen to the episodes where he has the recordings of himself when he's like sixteen? 
No. Oh my god, it's so funny. He he plays these recordings of himself when he's like 16, and he's literally like standing out at the ocean, going, "I'm just standing out here pondering." You know, it's so it's, he's so pretentious, and they him and Scott Mosier are listening to it. And they keep stopping it. And they're just laughing at him. They're like, who is this asshole? And who does he think he is? And yeah. that's basically what his, some of his characters are for his first couple movies. Like, who is this guy? Like, And I know, like, that's like that's a, a phase that some people go through. I mean, I know. And, and unfortunately, like, I, I wrote poetry in high school. And thankfully, none of it survived. Because I'm sure it's it's oh, even God, worse that, than... Um, that was my next question. Yeah. I'm sure it's exactly <laughs> like that kind of navel-gazing. I'm... I, I think I'm being deep and introspective, but really I'm just uh, an annoying suburban white guy. Yeah, it was it was so male fantasy. I was watching this with with my guy friend today, who had also never seen the movie. And you know, when they were in the car, and 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 I don't remember any of their names. And Ben's just saying, you know, he loves her, and, and the whole situation. And my friend's like, oh, you know, she's gonna kiss him. She's gonna, and I'm like, I hope not. Oh my God, please no. Like it's so male fantasy. It's so <laughs> So, you know, please yeah. come on. Really, you know. Yeah, I think should... the, the thing they fail to tell you at that point is uh, is it should have been telegraphed better that, like, you're led to believe up to that point that, like, this woman is just a lesbian. It's only later you find out that, like, she's obviously still searching for what she – where she's going to land in life. But, like, you don't know that at the time. So you're kind of like, what mm-hmm. the – what? <laughs> like, okay. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Yeah. Just and to, to be fair to Kevin, and I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm a little bit younger, but I'm about Kevin's age. But I'm thinking, like, you know, not that I'm a lesbian, but I think I know a little bit more about the world than the man who wrote this movie. Yeah, he's he's 27. I don't know how. I don't know when he like where it falls, like when he actually wrote it. But when this comes out, he's 27. Yeah, and thinking also- back to when I was 27, like. I knew a lot less. Yeah, I was, and 18. I thought I knew yeah. a lot more than I know now. I was eighteen when this movie came out. So, yeah. and when this movie came out, I can remember it being hailed for how progressive it was. Not which even for, because, which, like, I you look at it now, and that's like laughable. But like then, yeah. just to have any minority characters who were like treated like humans, and even with everybody else, were like everybody's breaking balls, and they're all kind of all over each other. Yeah, just that was good. Then that was that was good enough <laughs> at that point. <laughs> It, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a sad commentary on he where said, we were He then. said it on his podcast, I guess it was like three or four months ago, because he, he's a couple times, because the 20-year anniversary came up, and it got ripped in the press a little bit for its treatment of, you know, women, the gay community, and everything. And he kind of said, well, try to keep in mind, nobody was writing anything like that at the time. Yeah. I was a 27-year-old white guy from New Jersey. Like, yeah. I did my best. Like, I didn't set out to do anything wrong that's that was my worldview at the time he was at, le- at least trying yeah i mean he wrote a movie where one of the two protagonists is a lesbian and there's no sex scene there's no girl on girl you know and the the threesome that even the the, the one threesomes that suggested it's two guys and a girl it isn't two girls and a guy i think like you gotta you know it's 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 only 20 years a little bit over 20 years ago but in another sense, it was a lifetime ago in terms of awareness and standards, and um, yeah. So if if you kind of put it in in the frame, and you talk, if you watch some of the and and, and Kevin kind of kicked it off with Clark saying, "Hey, you max out your credit cards and sell your comic books, and you too can make a mo- major motion picture." And he unleashed a flood, and you know there there was some good, but most of those people 
you never heard of again because oh yeah it was it was really bad there was a lot of bad cinema going so let's talk about the minute (laughs) so let's let's talk about the minute (laughs) yeah and uh i didn't exactly help you out by giving you like uh the most quality minute in this movie either (laughs) I um, think this this movie's this this minute's a lot of fun. Well, as I told people, when I lined up people for minutes this year, you'll be you won't be surprised to hear that people were like, um, can I have a minute with Jason Lee, please? Or or Dwight Yule? <laughs> because Gosh, you know was, they're Jason Lee was so hot. I'm so <laughs> sad right now. I mean, a lot of them were pretty, you know, pretty attractive. I mean, I don't know. Ben Affleck, I don't know. But but yeah, Jason Lee, I'm like, <laughs> oh swooning. Oh, you should watch Mall Rats then, because that's the Jason Lee's in all his glory. Then oh, it's only yeah. like a year or two before this. Oh, that's yeah, that's prime Jason Lee, right? Yeah, he's actually. I would say he's a little goofier in that one, but he's like a nicer person. He's got a little bit of an edge to him in this, where he's kind of a prick. But I mean, kind of everybody is. Our our favorite thing to point out in this movie is how much everybody smokes. Yeah, yeah, it was very nineties. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? You're smoking in a restaurant, in a club, like. And always, everybody's smoking everywhere. Like yeah. I understand everybody smoked, but oh my god! Like every single person in this movie is a chain smoker. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you think it's, it's like this is the forties. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, Come on, doll. Let's play some darts. No. <laughs> it's like, oh, the war's on. We're gonna have ourselves a cigarette. <laughs> so, what do you think of these darts? Like, how is there just like a dartboard hanging like off the lens of the camera? There's a dartboard hanging just under the camera, and they have a piece of glass over the camera in case someone <laughs> just misses. In case. <laughs> Because it's been a while since I listened to the commentary, surprisingly. But uh, they do say something because Kevin's so proud of himself. Because, you know, he, especially back then, this man does not do camera shots at all. No. And he was just, like, giddy. Like, he's like, the DP was so happy we were actually doing something interesting with the camera. <laughs> <laughs> like his, his Citizen Kane. He's, like, yeah. getting all, like, oh, Marson Wells here with my engineer. All right. I'm going to get your guys' opinion because I ripped on this, I believe, earlier this week. Um, how does everyone feel about both the outfits in this uh in this scene, Ben Affleck and Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, we gotta look. You forgotten. <laughs> he's wearing okay. and like and this guy. Yeah, he's just wearing a white tee, like it's a pocket tee. But like, is he? You know, is he? I and I haven't watched. I didn't rewatch the whole movie in prep for this minute. But like, he's not like an off duty. He's not like a construction worker that just came from the site. Like, I don't know. He just. I don't like what he's wearing. What she's wearing, like that's very nineties. That like the off color, the ringer tee. Yeah, but. Where the, 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 the way I explained it was he looks yeah. like he's wearing the type of shirt I would wear under something yeah. else. Where got, she's wearing the type of shirt where like I could see wearing that to a bar of like mm-hmm. you're, it's not a fancy bar, it's a bar. It's you know, it's it's, it's one bar. step above a hole in the wall. Right. My my guy friend helpfully added, like, she's not wearing a bra. <laughs> that was another <laughs> point, but I was like, What? Like how do you like okay Well I will say this, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this true. I don't think we have a George Lucas situation here of like Oh, we don't wear bras in the future. <laughs> there, this movie was made for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. People were wearing what they had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I'm not even sure if anybody was given a wardrobe, but if it was like you just buy whatever, <laughs> whatever you have is what you're wearing. For sure. But yeah, I mean, if you're going, you're going out to a bar, you're gonna be, and you're smoking, you're drinking, you're not wearing white. This, you know, this isn't Diddy's white party. He, yeah, he he looks like he's wearing an undershirt. Like I don't know what's going. on. Also, in his mind, he's the only one aware of this, but he is on a pseudo date here. Yeah. Like he is trying to build up some points with this woman who, who at this point, he does not know mm-hmm. he has no chance with. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was another thing. I will bring this up to Alice because she didn't. You know, she doesn't know this. Is the only person who knows about this at this point is Hooper. Hooper already knows. Is Hooper a bad person for not telling 
Ben Affleck. You that, know, like, it was such a weird scene because it was like, yeah. well, one more thing. And then, like, the convenient, like, I don't need to know anything else about, you know, whatever. Yeah. That was a little too shoehorned in there. Yeah, I mean. I, I feel like they didn't go far enough. I I could have taken Hooper's side if Ben Affleck would have said something shitty to him. If he would have said something like some super macho shit of like, listen, man, I can get any woman. And he was like, yeah, all right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like he sets him up for failure. Like he, it is the equivalent of sending your friend out there and you like, you know, the woman's married or something. Yeah. (laughs) Which is totally something that I could see. Like me and my friends, like we would do that to each other. Or or if he was doing it on purpose, like if he sent him out there and then he turned to Jason Lee and was like, watch this. (laughs) Yeah. I think it would help a little bit if there was the scene where like, yeah, Hoop's about to say something and then just he's like, nah, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 If he was mad at him. Or something previously, but yeah, and, and then Hooper doesn't seem too like fussed about it. you know e- either way. It's just like very casual. Yeah, he's dating her now. Okay, cool. You know, there's just no like emotion about it either way. There's no smirk. There's no you know surprise. There's no nothing. It's just kind of played straight. Like, oh yeah, you're dating this girl now. No big deal. I I think I don't know. Maybe I'm led to believe that maybe he knows about her entire past so this is like not a big surprise for him like okay well now you're dating a guy yeah <laughs> all right yeah. Okay. like three years ago you were dating a guy too well, whatever so it was like the you're the horrible message of you're not really a lesbian you're just experimenting you're just you just have I, a and like i said like, like dick, as they said previously <laughs> that would be fine if but again you're not told that at the beginning yeah. like you don't know that until after the characters find out and by the time they tell you that so much other shit has happened we're like Maybe the best way to give you that information is not the whole finger cuff scene, because then it's like, <laughs> like that's how you find out. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that's some cool. some lovely guest of ours is going to have to sit here for an entire week and talk about that scene. <laughs> uh, we did. I did mention this earlier in the week, but I'll mention it to you guys while you're here. Um, behind them are the bathrooms. The yeah. men's rooms on the right, women's rooms on the left, yeah. and people the opposite gender just keep going into the wrong rooms. Yeah, I was wondering, is that supposed to be, oh. is that foreshadowing? Are we supposed, is that, or is that just, I didn't notice any guys going into the women's room. I definitely noticed women coming. It might have been last minute room. where the guys, the first one is a guy comes out of the woman's room first. Okay. Because um, I'm thinking it, it's just, oh, maybe the, like, there's a line at the women's room, but there's, we don't see any line. Maybe it's And just usually that's camera. not the way it works. It's usually the opposite way. Yeah, if anything, so, in anything, bars I've been in, I've seen women use the men's room before because the women's room is a nightmare with a thousand people in line. Yeah, so in this minute, I think we just see at least one woman come out of the men's room. And yeah, I just thought there's always a line at the woman's room. So that doesn't know. That's That wasn't and, unusual. And, you know, once everybody's had like, nine or ten beers, what does it matter at that yeah. point? Yeah, obviously, some but is that something trans representation. That's, you know, <laughs> like it, yeah, it gets mentioned on the, um, the commentary, but all they mention is that it's happening. And then somebody starts over-talking, and then they never explain why they did it. Okay. And I so do know, I did... I, yeah, I don't know who the woman is outside making out in the car, but the guy is Scott Mosier. What? Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so is that so, yeah, is that Scott Mosier? It's probably his wife, wife, honestly. I think yeah. it may be, but like again, I listened to the commentary, but that was like four months ago when I was supposed to record this minute the first time. So I don't remember. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say like that was uh that was on purpose. That was Kevin's statement on you know that the, the the non-binary nature of gender and uh, and everything like the bathroom. I mean, he, he, he the reason why I think he even gets away with this movie and where he doesn't get hammered as much as he does is because in his real life, he is fine. He's not like 
he didn't like years down the road you find out he's got like this real checkered weird past um although uh people that produced this movie was was the weinstein company yeah. so yeah yeah but uh kevin is also one of the few people who put his money where his mouth was after the the weinstein thing blew up where he gave the proceeds from all those movies to charities going forward because he wanted nothing to do with their money of like nope uh those that's all tainted send all that money away yeah well and he, he's he's you know he's he's always been an open book and like if he makes a mistake at least it's an honest mistake well that and i can also take somebody who can look back at their work and go yeah i wouldn't do that like that now <laughs> it's the people that are like still holding fast to it like 20 years later like nope my vision was perfect <laughs> like no mistakes there so with what they were saying about like the frilly girly kind of comic book things was that what she was writing is that what we're to believe that it was that like the you know people that were making out and stuff were i mean kind of were her target audience i guess or well she she yeah, yeah, i guess i i think he's saying more like romantics should yeah. be what yeah, he's going for she's, i yeah i don't yeah i mean we just i think we just see covers until the till the end but like She's basically doing like romance novels, okay. but graphic romance novels. It wasn't yeah. like a nerd cool kind of, okay. Yeah. You see the one cover, it's um, two guys looking dejected sitting on the ground where two girls are walking away holding hands. And I can't remember what the other cover is, but it's like covers like that. Mm-hmm. As as Banky refers to it, it's chick stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, things are changing in the comic book world. And there's a lot more. I mean, there's certainly... It's still dominated by big pecs, big tits, big guns. I mean, that's still most comic books. Mm-hmm. But there's there are there's room for the hearts and the flowers these days. And it was kind of starting, um, you know, along with the independent film. There was a lot going on with independent comics. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's kind of where I and it's I like I like this minute because I kind of feel the same as like as a podcaster. You know, if I get two downloads. I feel like Mark Marin. Oh, I mean, I feel the same way. Anytime where like the show posts and somebody writes in the listener group about something, I'm like, oh my God, someone's listening. Yeah. <laughs> and then every time I think that, I'm like, God, I hope I didn't say something stupid, which of course I did because it's <laughs> <Of course>. me. <laughs> likewise, likewise. But yeah, so she's, yeah, she's kind of a struggling artist in a medium that, you know, that the overwhelming majority do- doesn't value kind of this her style but what what she's trying to do but she's gonna she's gonna stick it out uh i also don't believe for a second that holden really believes that these two out here making out on this car are in love he's trying to sit down a narrative <laughs> to help out his uh his angling at her i firmly believe that well yeah watching that minute again after watching this whole film you know was kind of this sort of foreshadowing of their ideas of hookups and and love you know already i mean that that's really- and here's the thing the, the thing that makes this movie weird is the same kind of thing that makes mall rats not as much but a little weird is everyone probably has this moment in their life where they have some sort of weird view of what women or romance or love or sex or whatever is and somebody at some point has to explain to you like no stupid that's not how it works the difference is most of us aren't like 27 when that happens <laughs> you know you're like 16 and then you realize like oh uh Oh, in the real world, it's not like a TV show. I can't just go over there and say, hey, I love you. And then that that girl just falls in love with me because this is not a shitty TV movie. Yeah, this is the real world and everybody is the star of their own show. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't like in their mid-20s when they realize this. <laughs> and they don't they don't have to like offer offer to have threesomes with their friends to have this moment to realize like, <laughs> oh, oh, this is not how this works. <laughs> 
I just turned 27 two days ago, and now I feel like I have to take some notes. Because <laughs> you just blew my mind. No. <laughs> yeah, see, I feel like I was way past 27 when I figured it out. I mean, not to the level of him. You're always figuring it out. Like, I've been married for 10 years. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> because at some point, you'll say something where you're like, oh, what? That's not how this works. I can't do that. <laughs> it's all about how egregious your thing is <laughs> that you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I hope I was never this I, I mean, I don't even hope that I wasn't this bad. If I was this bad and I was 15, all right, well, you're stupid. You're a kid. You don't know any better. If I was 25 and I was acting like this, yeah, I'd be a little worried. I, just, I love, I think I was reading, like, Kevin said he didn't know, like, how, like, like lesbian sex works or whatever. Because, like, at that time there was no, I don't know, good porn or whatever. I don't yeah. know. And so he had to just kind of be like, well, how? I don't, what? Like, what do you mean? What do you do? Now, I, but, see, I now that I totally get, I could, I now I could see somebody having that conversation. If you were just like, listen, I don't know how any of this works. <laughs> don't worry. Because yeah, when that when that scene comes up, we're going to have a little fellow the name of Sean German along for those oh, that week. Oh, <laughs> Because we always have them right. along for the most just cringe-inducing moment of each Kevin Smith movie. All of them have something, and we always have Sean along for it. Somehow, I just get the luck of the draw. So. It was the well, Clerks. It was the uh, reading off the porno titles. Mm-hmm. And then it was the uh, Priscilla Barnes, yeah. the topless psychic. The topless psychic and, and uh, Mallrats, yeah. Rats. So you got that list to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, we like to keep things classy around here. Though, I... Uh, I'll I'll save it for then, but I'll just say that there's like how would you know unless you, you know otherwise if you know a lesbian you feel like you're close enough as like a friend to say like you know what do you and your your romantic partners do because I'm sure whatever you see in mainstream pornography is not I mean I know what you see heterosexual couples doing in pornography is not any way realistic so I'm guessing what the homosexual couples the same sex couples are doing in pornography I, I hope not because I had a totally realistic. different that is not how my school went at all yeah I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's not an accurate representation of how school actually worked right or like I, I find it hard to believe that many step parents are going after their stepchildren I feel oh. like that's that's probably not really <laughs> happening yes yeah <laughs> It's, though I was surprised. So I don't know if you know, is this, um, this must have been filmed on location somewhere. I was surprised. Um, I Googled some of the band names and actually, well, I recognized one. I assume, at first I assumed, oh, these all must be fake band names on the stickers on the wall behind them and on the doors behind them, assuming like for, you know, movie purposes. And then I saw the, the Fur- Furious George sticker. The little yellow yeah. little monkey. And I'm like, oh, wait, I've heard of them. And I started Googling some of these other bands. And most of them I got hits. I mean, everything, a couple, they're probably yeah. just too small. But So, again, this movie's made for nothing. Everything in this movie's yeah. real. They couldn't <laughs> they couldn't afford to clear anything. So they just didn't clear anything. They just used stuff. So even at the beginning, there's a comic book convention in the beginning. And they shied away from even Marvel and DC. But all the independent comics you see are all real. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's some Marvel and DC in there if you look, but like, they don't have like Superman up real close. They kind of, you know, they keep all the independent comics out there. People that would just be happy to get their stuff out there. You mean it wasn't a prosthetic tongue? (laughs) (laughs) I told, I did say when those aired, I'm like, you see how this Comic Con looks and you're laughing at it right now going, that's not what Comic Con looks like. Yeah, that's what they used to look like though. (laughs) Where like three people showed up as Borg and like the only person there who you might know, I said you'd have like one name there. I'd be like, look, Stan Lee's here. Or, like, you know, you get, like, one artist would show up or some mid-level guy from, like, you'd get, like, the sixth person down the call sheet on Star Trek The Next Generation would show up. It's like, look, everybody, it's Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Worf. He's our big draw. 
Yeah, now there must be enough of those kind of medium size kind of second city cons that that those secondary players do like a circle and you get even some of the bigger names. Yeah, and but. they and everyone has realized from that group that there's enough of it now that they can get a decent revenue stream out of that. Mm-hmm. But back in the days going I assume that I assume that first con is probably some it's in Jersey. This is not, you know, it's not New York Comic Con. It's it's some New Jersey suburban thing. It's in a hotel ballroom and that's yeah, that's what they look like. I've been to plenty of those. <laughs> and actually that was nicer than the ones that I'd been to. I was gonna say, yeah. Those sometimes were those were the good ones to go to though, because there weren't eight million people there either. Right. All right. Well, I think we've reached the end of our minute. They end with a hearty handshake, so that's not usually um that's yeah. That's, that's my last note. That's what are you talking about? No. <laughs> that's got to be a sign. If you if 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 you thought this was a date and you're ending on a handshake, yeah. If your date ends on a handshake, you were not on a date. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you're this is the most formal set of dating things you're ever gonna have. Like it's one of those ones where like you're courting, where like you can't even hold her hand till the seventh date. It's one of those deals. Right. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of moments in the first like 45 minutes of this where Holden should either figure out what's going on or he should back off. Took me a bit but, to be like meow meow mix. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, oh. That, that comes that does come up later. We we do talk about it later. Um, that Jason Lee first he says that this place is so fucking gay His and face. he doesn't get oh. and doesn't get the bitter irony of that. <laughs> and then he looks around, he sees a girl making out with a girl, and then he looks at another girl making out with a girl. Then he looks at two girls talking, and then he realizes it's a gay bar. <laughs> That's what gave it away. The girls talking. He's like, girls would never talk to each other. Girls would never talk. Though, I got to admit, uh, just on, on not not picking up on the, the meow mix, the, the bar name, I went to a bar. My friends, I don't know if this, I don't know if this was on purpose or that we were just walking around and it just happened to be like the first bar we came upon. But uh, I had friends pull me into a bar called the Golden Rod. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, this is, wow, there's a lot of guys in this bar. Not a lot of women at this happy hour. <laughs> and then I kind of looked around and I'm like, all the guys, like, yeah, you usually, you know, you need women to get guys dancing. You usually don't have a lot of guys dancing without any women on the, hey, wait a second. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, listen, Golden yeah. Rod. If it's yeah. Golden Rod, it's either a gay bar or a C-3PO theme bar. <laughs> so yeah. those are your so only two I, choices. So, yeah, in my eh, probably mid to late 20s at the time, probably right around the age that Kevin was making this film. And, uh, yeah, it, it took me a couple minutes to pick up on it. So I'll, I'll you know, I'll plead guilty to uh, to that as well. Yeah, I, I think I told this story on here before, but my wife and I went to a, a gay bar up in New York. But I was just like, let's go in there. And we're walking in. The guy's like, yeah, you know, he's like, as we're walking in, he kind of looked at us. I guess we had that tourist look about us. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, this is a gay bar, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm not fucking blind. I'm like, I just want something to drink. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you, you serve beer in this gay yeah, bar? Like, All right, then. I'm yeah. like, listen, what is the worst case scenario? Some dude hits on me. I will hold that shit over my wife for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> or if, 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 it's, if it's the other way, a girl hits on her, I, I, you know, I expect it'll be coming back my way. and Or I would be telling her, you still got it. Look. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're, you're comfortable with your sexuality, which obviously, we're going by what this movie says, means that you're not gay. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, as as in most movies, it takes, uh, you know, there are no gray areas in life. There's only black and white. Right. <laughs> which is a problem you can often run into <laughs> in movies of like, well, you are either this or this. Uh, I did mention this earlier. There was a, 
there is the Kevin Smith trope is good in this one of like the most interesting characters in this movie are not the main characters. Like the people you truly want to follow are not her and him. You're like, what are Hooper and uh, Jason Lee up to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You will see them again later in another movie for about 90 seconds. <laughs> they just wander through. All right. Does ha- anybody have anything else for this minute in particular? No, unless, unless we want to talk about the background music. I don't even remember. If they're I... singing that. You got to have a J-O-B if you want to be. Oh, good Lord. In other words, no, I got nothing else. <laughs> Listen, I already had to talk about the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones a couple weeks ago. So, <laughs> All right. So, well, Sean, will, I'm going to force Sean to come back later. But, Alice, do you have anything else to say about the movie in general? I, we let a lot, You get a lot off your chest there at the beginning. I know. I have it's, to. It's have pretty to. raw just watching what it out of nowhere. What is happening? <laughs> Yeah, I had my own monologue. That's why I was like, you know, some of these, like, some of these scenes where you're like, you know what, they just wanted a monologue. It's fine, yeah. you know. Get, well, get I would say to- if somebody asked me if if you were if someone was coming in cold and hadn't seen any Kevin Smith movies, this is not the one I would tell them <laughs> to watch. I know. I was like, wait, is this the first time Silent Bob has talked? Is <laughs> is this not a pen? Is the first time? He, this, yeah. This is the first and only time he talks this much. Yeah. Every other movie, he has like one or two lines. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. He he also monologues in a Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back, but even that's not as long as this. Yeah. But even like the I love you declaration scene, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use this as like an acting audition monologue sometime. Like, that's, <laughs> what, that's what this is written for. I forget who it was. Somebody, somebody made the claim that Kevin Smith writes terrible dialogue and great monologues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he can write a great monologue, but sometimes when characters are talking, things can get ugly. I would tell I would tell most people if you're going to start at Kevin Smith, your best bet is either Clerks or Mallrats, depending on how much cursing you can take. <laughs> like if nothing really bothers you, I'd start with Clerks. If you're a little bit more of a sensitive soul, probably Mallrats. But it's got to be the theatrical release. Cut. Oh God Almighty, yeah! Don't don't ever watch the uncut version of Mallrats like I stupidly did. <laughs> Still don't know what you guys were thinking. Oh my God, we weren't thinking. That was the problem. Like some things are better with the extended edition. Lord of the Rings better with the extended edition. Some things are shit with the extended edition. More rats. <laughs> Sometimes you see why things are cut. <laughs> All right. So who wants to go first? Who wants to plug things? <laughs> you go. Go. All right. I'll go. Well, I'm I'm Sean. Um, oops. I'm Sean. Probably the best place to find me is to go to catandshawn.org. C-A-T and Sean, S-E-A-N.org. And I, I link to, uh, to all my podcasts and get stuff. You can... You can you can check out those uh, my previous minutes, uh, me talking about porn titles and clerks and uh, topless psychics and mall rats. And uh, my new podcast with uh, some new episodes coming out is The Next Scene. And you can also find that at Next Scene Podcast. All right. Well, I'm Alice Lauren. Uh, I'm a comic in upstate New York. And I have been recently been called kind of the podcast socialite because i love to do different movie podcasts i've been on the bull durham minute the room fright night which i don't know if it's on a minute or not but <laughs> seven all the i love watching movies and then like for the first time and then doing that um i just watched star wars for the first time for a podcast i'll do anything for a podcast total podcast or um and i'm yeah that's how i feel about it and i'm a new monthly panelist on the now you've seen it podcast so i just recorded watchmen um and then i just watched die hard for the first time so that's gonna be i think a patreon episode i'm gonna do scott pilgrim i'm gonna watch groundhog day again one of the only things that i have actually seen before oh. yes 
That's why I bring wow, that okay. up. And, uh, but yeah, so I have a lot of things coming up. You can find me on Twitter, Allie Mej, A-L-I-M-E-Z-H, or on Facebook, Alice Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. Um, but just make sure you message me, you know, so I know kind of where you heard me, and well, yeah, we'll chat. Yeah, well, make sure you don't watch any more Kevin Smith movies, because we got like four more of these to do. <laughs> oh, no. All right. All right. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> I-, I will say this. The rest of them should be easier, I would think. They're a little... A little more mainstream after this because he started getting money and budgets again. Yeah. Like you go from like who's in this movie and in his next movie he's got like, you know, like Alan Rickman's in the next movie. So he starts stepping up the game a little bit. I'll save my Kevin Smith virginities for (laughs) for later. (laughs) All right. Well, we are Jay and Silent Bob Minute. You can come over to the Jay and Silent Bob Quicker Stop and uh, you can tell us how much you love the episode or hate our opinions or hate me or whatever mistakes I've made this this week whatever of my impressions you hated um also don't forget to go over to dueling genre check out all the other stuff they got over there they got some doctor who podcast they got immunities start it back up it's an awesome show and there's a bunch of other movies by minutes over there uh, i think that is it for this week i i would have to say we've all had a shared moment All right. Now, where the fuck is that button to shut this off? (laughs) This is Chris's job. I don't know where Cast is.